Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of Producer Jungle. Uh, it's Keegan here. Hope you're doing good. Um, today I have Wolfcastle joining me. Wolfcastle is an artist on the east coast of Canada. Um, I just kind of tallied up some numbers. He's got over 30,000, well, he'll correct me in this. I believe it's over 40,000 at this point, but over 30,000 streams on Spotify. He's got 600 monthly listeners. Um, and I wanted to hear how he got there. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of artists I know are just, a lot of people who want to be artists are scared to take the first step. They dream of even getting 30,000 streams and never take the first step forward with it. Uh, so when someone comes along that wants to chat, agrees to chat, I want to pick their brain. Um, I want to see how he got there, his story. I want to see what 2021 looks like. I noticed he also did a performance uh, presented by TD. So I wanted to see what that was about, how that came to be. And here we are. Let's get some cool information. I hope, hope people learn from this. Um, episode 12 with Wolfcastle. Enjoy. Yes. Hello, there you are. I can hear you. Hello. Yes, good, 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 good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. So let's let's start this by saying that we've never met, we've never talked before. This is the beginning this, of all this. This is it. <laughs> oh, I love your Nintendo 64 sweat. Yeah. Shout out Nintendo 64. <laughs> you, uh, you grew up playing Nintendo? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah everything but mostly uh, nintendo oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. um first catch me up what's your story man who are you what do you do why are you doing all this what got you into this sure today all right well buckle up <laughs> it's uh it's uh, quite a story so um just for context i'm 24 okay born in 1996 and um, I uh, grew up on the reserve in Pabano First Nation, which is a tiny reserve in northern New Brunswick, just outside of Bathurst, New Brunswick. And like usually when people ask where I'm from, I'll say Bathurst if I don't feel like getting into it because it's like a smaller community just outside, like 10 minutes away. So um, basically I grew up in Bathurst and Pabano, so on and off reserve, but I lived on the reserve my whole life. Um, right now, I'm not living there. I moved into Bathurst, into an apartment building, but it's like 10 minute drive away. So not too far away. Um, but yeah, I grew up on the reserve and my family's very artistic and like, um, yeah, the, so I just come from like that background. Um, my grandfather is Gilbert Sewell. He's like a really well-known storyteller and, uh, you know, an educator for like the Mi'kmaq culture because I'm, I'm Mi'kmaq, but I also say I'm Ilnu because that's actually what um, my people are called. And um, yeah, so I kind of grew up in the culture, grew up also kind of outside of it, going to school in Bathurst and like everything like that, going through that education system. And uh, ever since I was a kid, I just always wanted to be an artist, you know, like music wasn't actually my first choice. Like I wanted to be a, a movie director or an actor or, or something like that. Um, and uh, just music was actually the last thing that I picked up. I'd done everything else except for that until I was a little bit older. But um, from a young age, I, you know, my mom was an artist who was really like who had some successes that I got to see as a kid. And so did my uncle, who was a rapper, actually. 
And, um, yeah, like I was six years old and my uncle Raymond, he's like kind of the one that got me into the rap game because when I was, yeah, back in 2003, he, he released an album and uh, my mom was managing him and they did a bunch of shows everywhere. Uh, got a grant to perform in Toronto at the Sky Dome and they got a tour bus and like took all of us <laughs> and we went to Toronto and um, you know, I got to see them perform in, in the middle of that, that ballpark and, uh, you know, be right there on the grass with them. Yeah. And um, just seeing that, you know, they came from the exact same neighborhood as me, like, and they were my family. They were going to support any artistic endeavor I did. And um, they did. So I just felt like I could do it. Like, you know, it just felt like it was, um, no matter how hard it was going to be, I was going to get there. And I feel like I'm there, you know, and I started getting into rap. Um, more so as a as a teenager because I started like my first thing I wanted to be was a DJ and um, I eventually just got into producing beats and I started making like remixes and like techno stuff and and um, EDM stuff and then eventually I just really got into like Ice Cube, Tupac, Biggie, Tribe Called Quest, everybody and Mac Miller who at the time was not even like he didn't even have a Wikipedia page when I found him he was it was way back when he dropped Kids that mixtape and I saw he was an independent artist no label nothing and he was making waves so I thought shit that's what I want and that was when I was 13. So and so the last like 10 years, I've been kind of on this hip-hop path. <laughs> Dude, super cool. That's a big answer. Yeah. So let's break it down. So you got inspired by, let me just uh, remember this, by your uncle? Yeah. And your mother was managing him? Yeah. And she was a filmmaker too. Cool. So... Did you start rehearsing, writing, rapping to beats that you would find? Or was it a process, too, that you learned how to make the beats and simultaneously write and record over your beats? Uh, I was learning how to make beats and how to write songs at the same time. But I wasn't combining the two for a while because okay. I was not a great rap producer in the beginning. Like, and I was still pretty, pretty shoddy at it. So I stole a lot of beats off YouTube and would just make like songs. Um, and uh, yeah, the first song I made, I, I took some random beat off of YouTube somewhere. And uh, it was the second song I'd ever wrote rap song. Um, and I didn't know how to record myself. <laughs> I recorded my first song on virtual DJ with how the a, hell you do that with so I played the beat and then I had a guitar hero mic plugged yes. into my computer and I didn't like have any concept of like put it in a track and then in the next track you do your vocals. No. So I and like I did that with my remixes too. I would just do it in one go because I didn't know how to fucking do it. Yeah. So I would hit record on virtual DJ and do my mixes live. So I did the same thing with my first rap song. I just played the beat, did the whole thing from start to finish all in one take. And if I fucked it up, I would go back and then do it again. And I remember knocking that song out and uh, just being so the amount of just like pride and like 
I just felt so good. Like I didn't care if it was a good song. I just, it just felt amazing to take something, create it and then have it like there when you're done. Like that was so inspiring to me, like to be able to write my thoughts down and then have it for something that I could share. And I thought the song was decent too. So I put it up on SoundCloud. Um, but yeah, and I was really shy at that point in my life. Um, so just to get to that point was like a lot. Yeah. Your first song, man, of course. Uh, where, who taught you or where did you learn song structure, how to write a verse, how to write a hook? Where'd you pick that up? There's two different things for that. So um, I like since I was little, the one thing I did like was being kind of like an entertainer, like just being funny. Like I was a funny kid in school and I was always being goofy or whatever. And I liked entertaining and I liked speaking. Like I enjoyed public speaking, um, like doing science fair and shit in middle school. Like I liked that. I just had a knack for it. So um, that kind of drew me to like theater and things like that. And I really wanted to get into singing like I wanted to be a singer I was so jealous of people who could sing at a young age and I just wanted to do it so bad but um, when I really 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 got into music heavy I would like lip sync the songs to myself in my room because I just fucking vibe out and get into it so I think I learned song structure from learning like a like a hundred songs like front to back um, like just learning them and how they worked and being Oh no. You still with me? Can you hear me? You're frozen for me. Oh, there we go. I'm there back. Go. <laughs> let's, let, dude, hey, this happens. I don't know what happened. I've never seen that before. Um, oh, no, but, I know what happened. Okay. My, uh, my VPN disconnected, <laughs> just decided to. And it knocked but with me the out of beauty the of technology, we can make it work. So you were listening to hundreds of songs, rehearsing them and mimicking them. And that's kind of where I got cut off there. Okay. Yeah. So I learned like hundreds of songs, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And I would just like for fun, lip sync them in my room by myself. So I think that taught me how a song works. And then when I started making music, um, my uncle who was the rapper guy, he kind of like stopped rapping for a while. He got his master's degree and um, he would come back home for the holidays and we would just kind of hang out. And I told him that I was getting into rap and he just started getting back into rap himself. Like, and excuse me, he was like the DIY King, like just fucking making mixtapes, not even putting them up, just making them. <laughs> and so we would get together at my grandmother's house in and find a room, the kitchen, a back room, the basement. And he would have his, he had a mic, he had a little mixer and he had audacity and it would be me, him and my little cousin river, who at the time was like 11 years old and I was 15, 16. And he would make a beat just really quickly. And then he would write a hook and he would, and then we would just fucking sit there and start writing. Right. And we would make a song in a night. And that kind of became our tradition on the holidays whenever he would come back to visit. So like I made probably 50 songs with him 
over those over that it was like a like a couple of years we would always meet up and make songs together in at my grandma's house and we'd be up to like six in the morning in the basement just fucking blasting it wow. the music and my grandparents were just really supportive and they didn't even like they didn't mind the noise or anything like that um so they just gave us that space and my uncle gave me and my little cousin like river the the room to learn and like he wasn't like judgmental and he didn't give a shit if the songs were good or bad. We would just pump them out and just make song after song after song. And that taught me how to record myself, how to make beats, how to work with like tracks and everything. And um, yeah, it was a really good like education. I think something really cool here that I just want to uh, expand on and say for people is the fact that your first song released wasn't actually your first song you had this whole past of work put into it, of experience of the holidays and here and there. And I think most people, not most people, there's a lot of people that their first song uploaded is their first song they've ever written to. It's the first beat they stole. And it's, they think that's how you start. And even though it can be one way, I like hearing your story about you've already had this whole snowball build up into when your first song comes out, you've already had this whole track record of experience going into yep. it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned how you are the entertainer. You like being the entertainer. Um, and this brings me, this ties it together into, I watched a little performance of yours, not a little performance. I watched a big, awesome performance of yours at the uh, Connected series presented by TD. So two things here. Could you just talk to me a little bit about what that was, as well as what has performing been like for you so far as Wolf Castle? Okay, sure. Yeah, so that performance was um, Connected Music Series uh, done by Canada's Music Incubator, which is this, um, this organization out in Toronto that, um, you know, is, they, they were doing some programming for the next like month. Um, and they reached out to me saying they were doing a national series, hiring a bunch of artists to do these kind of um, live concerts in like venues across the country in a place that's significant to the artist. So I was like, oh, that's, a, that's awesome. I, I'd love to do that. And I was pretty comfortable doing kind of these recorded uh, sessions because I had done a couple festivals this year where that was the case. And I, the first thing that popped in my head for this gig was, oh man, if I get the choice and I can get a crew up into Pabano, I want to perform at the band hall, which is like the administration building for the reserve. <laughs> and it's a fantastic building. I, you know, I, I basically grew up there and it's an administration building, but it has this huge room in the center where we would have like, you could have dinners and events and like, it could hold a couple hundred people. And my thought was, well, geez, like if I can do a concert, why not go to this place that could totally become a venue and it's really significant to me and, um, you know, bring that to my community and show myself and everyone that, you know, that could happen there. That was possible there because nothing like that had ever been done in my community up until that point. So I talked to the chief, Terry Richardson, about it. He was super supportive. And on the day of, he was there, like, you know, helping us, like, get move chairs and find equipment and do whatever. And we got this crew down from Fredericton, Dylan Ward and Michael Stem. 
And um, yeah, we did the show and it was super, super fun. And um, it was uh, surreal because like, there's like these like half spiral stairs behind me. And I remember as a kid playing on those and like the, there's like a cool, like checkered floor that I'm on. And that I just, those are like images from burning my head from when I was three, four years old. So it was really special to be in that place and to do kind of, all these years building up of like learning my art, my craft and going out and about and performing all over. But then finally being able to come back home and do it was super special. Um, and performing as Wolf Castle has been uh, a lot of fun <laughs> because um, I used to actually release music under my real name. And I decided it was too limiting because I wanted to get more artistic with it and kind of be able to, to maybe you know say things or do things that were outside of maybe how people had known me and and just switching to wolf castle gave me this sort of creative freedom to express what i wanted and be as brash and as whatever as i could and creating that sort of like um way i want to approach performing as a high energy like super like all over the place kind of guy um and i i have that in me and i just use like wolf castle as a way to get it out Right. Where did that name come from? Yeah, it's, uh, that's a question I get a lot. I think it's important, like what your artist name is. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I came up with that name before I even put any music out. But I wasn't confident enough to go under a rap name. <laughs> like, like people who had known me growing up, I was kind of a goofy, funny kid. And when you're kind of stuck in that Monday to Friday grind of like growing up with the same kids over and over again, they, they know who you are. They have an idea of who you are. And if I said I wanted to be a rapper, like I couldn't take the jokes of like, oh, what's your name going to be like little, little something or little blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I just couldn't take it. I was like, fuck, I don't want to deal with that. Uh, so I just put music out under my real name because I wasn't confident enough to say I'm going to be a fucking rapper I'm, this is my art this is what I'm going to do and I went under my real name for a long time like maybe two years um, and then when I turned 20 I said fuck it I'm Wolf Castle man like this is what it's going to be yeah. um, so when I came up with the name I was actually making a reddit account <laughs> and I was trying to think what are two words that are really cool and would look really cool together and just in five seconds, I thought, Wolf Castle. Sweet. That's it. Fucking works. I it, used it as my username. Wasn't taken. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I went and did the Google search. Like, I looked up, is there another artist out there named Wolf Castle? Is there a band named Wolf Castle? There was nothing. So immediately, I like got all the accounts. I made an email. I made a YouTube. Uh, I made a Twitter. I made everything. And I, I kept all of those accounts until I was ready. And then um, when I finally kind of made the jump to become Wolf Castle, uh, I was just, it was very liberating and did nothing but help me. That feeling today in 2020 to be able to make a name creatively and then find out that it is available. Oh man, yeah. rush that is. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so many times I know personally, you think of this cool name and you're like, oh, this is revolutionary. And then you type it in it and you're like, it's already gone. What? Yeah, I know. It's like the worst. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's why I jumped on that name. 
And hey, man, that's that's awesome. Fuck yeah, cool name. Um, something I'm very interested in is, and correct if I'm wrong, but I found that you've accumulated about over thirty thousand streams on Spotify at this point. Yeah, more now, than that. I believe so. I believe so yeah. because there's only some numbers I can find, and there's a lot more songs that don't have numbers. So that's why right. it is higher than thirty thousand. But <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that on its own is a huge accomplishment. And I think some artists starting out, that seems so daunting on its own. And they're like, how the hell do I even get to 30,000? And then that frightens them off. And then they don't even want to take the first step. So I'd love to talk a little bit about how you got to that point, maybe step by step, project by project. Sure. Break that down to make it realistic to artists. Yeah, I can I can go in on that um, because I know what it's like to look at another artist, kind of maybe like someone that's in your lane or in your like local community, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like, how'd they get that gig or how'd they do that? Like, I I remember and I know that feeling, and you know what? I still get that feeling. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I still get like jealous of other artists sometimes when I see them succeeding, and I'm like. But that's like something I, I tell myself, all right, well, it's going to be motivation to make me work harder. And also like, no matter what, always be happy for everyone's accomplishments, because I know how hard it is in this industry to do anything. So even if I do feel those emotions, like it's all love, like I'm, I'm happy to see people thriving, you know, and it's good to have that healthy competition. But um, I know what it's like to have that, to, to feel like that. Um, the 30, the 30,000 streams comes from a lot of that came from like Spotify playlisting like and that really helped expand sort of how many people were listening and um, the amount that would be tallied up on each song like so it's that kind of like playlisting but it's a small piece of it because you don't want a huge boost of streams and then it just goes away once you're off the playlist, right? Like you want to retain users or users, you want to retain like listeners and fans and stuff like that. So it's also about like, you know, get popping in your local community, like share your music with people and have them believe in you. And then they'll believe in your music and relate to it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I've spent years slowly building up a lot of, like a fan base and an amount of people that are interested enough to listen to my music when it comes out. Because like I had said earlier, when I started rapping, people, nobody would have thought that I would have ever become a rapper, including me. Like nobody would have thought that when I was 15 years old, even, even then when I had this huge dream of wanting to be the biggest rapper on earth, like I don't think I even would have thought I could do that. And certainly none of my friends or peers would ever think that. So at the beginning, it's like, oh, what the hell? He made a rap album. I put it out and, you know, I wouldn't be getting lots of streams. Like I've started like the first thing I put out under like of any song ever was an album I made in 2014. So that's six years ago. And I was 17 years old and I put it out under my real name, Tristan Grant. 
And I don't know how well that did because back then I didn't know how to even check my analytics. But, you know, it was, um, it was a first, first run at it, at making music because I produced all the beats. I recorded it myself. I put it out all myself. And it didn't get a lot of uh, plays. Maybe one person bought it and that could have been my mom. I don't know. But, you know, the thing was, is it was more important for me to be making projects than like the glory of streams or plays or anything like that. And I think if you get into this game and you're, you want like fame, attention, money, um, numbers, like I think people can pick up on that and they might not think that you're being genuine and authentic and you might not be genuine and authentic. And that probably will halt you from growing as an artist. So I don't know. I spent a lot of years just like reinforcing the fact that I was a rapper to other people and myself and I met new friends and I, I got out there and I did coffee houses. I did like DIY uh, gigs that were not paying and just whatever. I, I got myself out there and I made the art and um, I always kept trying to improve my stuff. You know, I never felt like it was, I, I had the, a healthy amount of like, Oh, it's not good enough. You know, like I was never, super negative about my music, but I always wanted to improve and get better. And, um, you know, the first project didn't get a lot. The second project didn't get a lot of streams. My third album, I didn't promote it at all. So it also didn't get any streams. And I think like that was the first one I put out as Wolf Castle. I think right now, as it stands, it has a total of like 3000 streams in the last three years. Um, and everyone listening to that were just friends, family which is cool because those are your first supporters. Yeah. Uh, then I put out a mixtape on SoundCloud uh, that, you know, back then in 2015, 16, SoundCloud was getting lots of, there were a lot of people on there. And I also sent a lot of my tracks out on Reddit on like making hip hop threads and got criticism from them um, to, you know, to figure out how to make everything better. And then the next album I put out um, I also really didn't promote it, but at that point I was doing a bunch of shows and um, festivals. So I was kind of expanding into the world a little bit more. And then the next couple of records in the EP, like the EPs I put out, um, I paid more attention to my release schedule and how that would you know, I like it was the first time I pitched to Spotify playlists. It was the first time that I thought of a, a marketing strategy and, um, you know, how like releasing the right stuff at the right time to get enough people to even know it's coming out. And once that happens and you get that fan base, then people are listening and they're going to help you grow as well. I hope that was a good answer. I kind of was like no, trying no. to work it out in my head. That was great. You basically said I did the work. <laughs> um, yeah. So networking, uh, performing, releasing music, playlisting. So let's talk about when you said, okay, I took it really serious to make my marketing strategy. What did you mean? What did that look like? What ideas came to your mind for that release? Okay. So um, let's talk about for this all the three EPs that I put out between last July and now, which is next life, dark side and gold rush. Those are my recent projects. Um, I went to Halifax 
for a year and I studied music business. There was actually a program for it uh, for a year and they taught me a lot of these skills. But, excuse me, I think you can pick these up on your own if you pay attention anyway. But I thought, okay, first of all, I got a lot of really good advice from record people and music industry people that I got to know over my year in Halifax. And I interned for a label um, where I got some good insight into like a release strategy. And first of all, their first piece of advice, which was shocking to me was have your album done at least like six months out before the release. Like, and again, this is just the advice I got. I don't always follow it, but this is what I got. And then if you want to release a single, you know, have a month or more time before you release it to plan like what's your social media going to look like what's your engagement going to look like do you have a music video for this two weeks before you put the single out you know contact these outlets and build a relationship with like this local magazine or this blog here and you know get to know them and tell them your story and what this song is about and think about your album or your ep and what does that project mean? Like, what are, why are your songs like in this order? How does it all fit together? And when you know the story of your album and the story of what you're trying to say, you know what you're going to tell the blogs. You know what you're going to tell the magazine people when you reach out to them ahead of time. So you just kind of like spend six months or more with the record. And then depending on when your singles are, that can get into your like release strategy and you make a plan for like, when are you going to put all this stuff out, get all your ducks in a row. So when the thing finally drops, people know it's coming out. <laughs> they have already heard or had a taste of it and probably more of it. And, uh, you just have a lot of content to put out. So people have to just know, like, the way I look at it is I like, they don't owe me shit. Like I want them to come to me. Like, please God, listen to my music. Like that's how I'm approaching it where it's not like, yeah, I'm going to put my record out and fuck you. You better listen to it. Like, no, no, it's many do. It's please, please God, listen to me. I'm trying to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, respect your audience. And i I think like, if you think if, if you approach it in a way where you're, serving them um and you have empathy for them and you care about them then then they'll get attached to what you have to say um and it's all about building relationships you know what i mean like that's kind of what it is oh that was such a gem like you don't just make a song put it out rinse and repeat and hope that something happens that i'm so glad you just said that yeah and i did that for a long time so I learned from the, that mistake. Like you can't be pissed off your, your album got, you know, a hundred streams all time when you put it out and you announced it the night before, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's because they don't know you shit. Like I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to listen to your songs, but they got to know it's there. Do they even know it's there? Do they even know that there's new music from you coming out? Yeah. Yeah. What does 2021 look like for you? Um, 2021 is me actually trying to live up to the advice I just gave. <laughs> That's what 2021 is. <laughs> Love it. 
because my bad habits are fucking making a song and then immediately wanting to put it out. Yeah. Because when I was first learning how to do it with my uncle and my, my little cousin, like we would make three songs in a night and we were just happy we did it. And we'd put it up on SoundCloud that night, like, you know, and it wasn't, we weren't trying to get a bunch of streams, but we just put it out because we just were proud of it. So that's my background. And I'm trying to resist that urge all the time to actually sit on music and trust that it won't get outdated. It won't sound like shit if you wait six months. And like, remember that if you have a vision and a goal far down the road, like just keep going for that light. Don't, don't take the easy way out, put it out because then it'll get lost. Just keep looking at that end goal. You know what I mean? Keep the destination and, in mind and it'll exactly help with all decisions you're making during your yeah. Sure. So my next destination is uh, another album. Cause I've been putting out EPs um, as a way to build a fan base. Honestly, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. I'm put, um, I'm, I, I'm I, this is man. I could not ask for a better talk right now. I'm really enjoying this. Um, I would like to say, is there anything you would like to promote or touch upon last before we wrap this up? Sure. Um, Stream Gold Rush, my EP came out in July, um, but that EP as, long, as well as the, the two behind it, which are Next Life and Dark Side, are part of a series. I essentially made an album, but then I secretly cut it into three pieces, and it's all connected. It's called The Da Vinci Chronicles, so if you listen to the whole thing all the way through, it'll make a lot of sense. But you should stream that album and check it out. And also my um, CMI performance at the band hall is, is it just dropped on Sunday, November 29th. So if you want to check that out, like it's on my social medias, there's links to it. Like you can find it pretty easy, but you should check that out because it's a good introduction into what I do and what I'm all about as an artist. And also just one little thing um, in regards to building streams, building fan bases and building that trust. Uh, I made my last album in 2018 and I put it out kind of the same way I always was with not really much promotion, et cetera. And I had the idea to make an album, split it up in three parts and put it out as little EPs to build a fan base because I thought if I want to attract new listeners, I'm going to give them a smaller portion to consume rather than an hour long record. Give them 15 minutes and they'll find something in there and then they'll come back for the next one. So that's just some advice. Put some EPs out. Huge cheat code. (laughs) Cheat code. So yeah, that's all I got to say. Well, Wolfcastle. Thank you so much for sharing some time with me and let's chat soon and uh, get into some more stuff. We will, man, for sure. And that's all for me. I hope you have an awesome day. Yeah, you too, man. This has been great. See ya.